Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Unfiltered Conversations with Yakira. It's your girl, Yakira, here as per usual. <laughs> and yes, I bring you another exciting episode. This episode is going to be bomb. I am super, super excited to be recording this. And that's just because, of course, every single thing that we record, every single thing that we talk about here on this podcast is relating to our lives but this this particular episode is something that is very very dear to my heart it's something that is so important and i cannot wait to get right into the episode but before then how are you doing how have you been i hope you're doing well i hope that you're learning to just discern god clearly in every season of your life i hope that you are growing in your knowledge of christ I hope that you are steadfast and I hope that you are rejoicing, really. Yes, I hope you're rejoicing. It's very important to rejoice. Rejoicing is not a matter of what's going on around you or what's not going on around you. You are full of joy by the Spirit of God in you. And so I definitely hope that you are rejoicing, right? So yes, um, without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Stay tuned. She even now say recording. Disrespectful. Like this is the unfiltered conversations. I'm your host Yakira, and over here we talk about all things young adults, from faith to lifestyle to relationships and career. Everyone gets a seat at the table, so grab a popcorn and enjoy. I'm just going to start this way. One of the first things that stood out for me when I began this faith journey, and by faith journey, I mean when I began to grow in my knowledge of Christ and of the gospel, one of the first things that stood out for me the most was this topic we're about to share, and that is on the fact that God is a father. The fact that God is a father. You know, We have earthly fathers, and our earthly fathers are not perfect. They they will probably have made mistakes, a couple of mistakes, and so some of their actions have the tendency to fuel our view about God. But growing and learning about Christ and learning about you know salvation and the gospel. I just came to, or and I'm still understanding really, but I just came to an understanding of the fact that, okay, God is actually a father and he's a perfect one. And I feel like there are a couple of things that would not exist. There are a couple of questions that people would not really have if they just had this mindset that God is a father and that he's an actual father. He's not, if your own earthly father would not do some things to you, then it doesn't make sense that God, who is a perfect person and in whom there is no lie, would do some certain things. We all know that people tend to project their, their like themselves and their own characters, their own insecurities, their own mannerisms on God. That is something that is very, very rampant these days. But that doesn't mean that that defines God. No. We define God clearly in Christ Jesus. 
And the greatest revelation we can have of God, really, is that he is our father. God is a father. Do you know what it means to say God is a father? That just means that your own earthly father would not see you suffering and would leave you. So why would you expect that your your heavenly father would leave you? And he's a heavenly father. He's not even an earthly father. On the earth, there are many, you know, there are many discrepancies. So your father can choose not to take care of his children, you know. There are different things that can happen, really. But he's a heavenly father so that he doesn't operate by our own standards. He doesn't operate by our own limitations. No, he's heavenly. And that describes the position by which he does his things. So God is not limited in any way, shape, or form. And his fatherhood is not limited when it comes to us as well. And honestly, if you think about it, in salvation, what exactly happened? We see a proactive God that made salvation available to all men outside of our own contribution. We did not contribute anything to salvation. No, we didn't contrib- contribute zilch. <laughs> I've heard it, I think a pastor said it, that the only thing that we contributed to, you know, salvation is our sin that required it and even that as well the power that sin had was that it separated us from god so in the first place it was that separation that required it was god being a father that said oh i don't want my children to be separated from me i'm going to bring them back to myself and that was what made him give himself to us so in all these one of the most important attributes even God himself, when he would be describing himself, would say he is the father. He is the father. You know, we know that Jesus is the express image of the father and the Lord has revealed himself. That is God, the father, has revealed himself in his son. And if we look at it, one major way by which Jesus always described God was father. In fact, that was the only way Jesus described God. It was always going, Father this, my father that, my father sent me, so send that you. Me and my father are one. <laughs> father, 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 father. And we we recognize that. If Jesus, who is the express image and who is the speaking of God, Hebrews chapter 1 verse, verse 2 lets us know that God has spoken in his son or by his son. And so Jesus right now is God speaking, God's voice, God's message to man. And if Jesus himself called God father, then it has to be the way by which God wants to be known. The God, you know, different people know God does different things. You know, the God that created the universe, the God, the sovereign God, the I am that I am, you know, the mighty savior, the lion of the tribe of Judah, <laughs> you know, the consuming fire, a lot of things really. And all of that, they're not wrong, but they all find their context in the fact that God is father. They all find that means when you explain the consuming fire, it will be from the fact that what does he consume? He's not consuming his children. No, it's not possible for a father to consume his children. So it cannot be that God is consuming his children. There has to be another interpretation of that. So every every of the father's actions are gauged or they are recognized in the fact that God is a father, a proactive one at that. And we see his proactivity 
and his love in the fact that he gave his son so that we might live in him and we might live through him and so god himself wants to be known as a father to us we have been made his children and <laughs> we're not just made his children to just be his kids like just think about it um jesus would say if your own earthly father you would ask your earthly father for something and he will give you something else if you're asking for bread and you he will not give you a serpent why would you be expecting that from your heavenly father it's not possible you know um as i would say or uh, if a mother will not forget a suckling child how would he forget you we see it littered all through scripture because that is the understanding of god that we are supposed to have that is how we are supposed to understand god god wants us to relate to him as father to son really because we understand that we are all sons of god and sons is not a matter of um gender okay being a son of god is not a matter of oh i am um a boy or a girl or a boy as so i'm a son or something like that no we are all sons in the sense that we are all his offsprings he has brought all of us forth and so we are all equal in that way we are all equal we have all received the same thing we have all been bought with the same price we have all been baptized into the same christ and so we understand that we are all sons of god and god wants us to relate to him as father he's your father he's my father we are his children we are his children he has brought us forth when we believed in the resurrection of jesus from the dead and that is when we believe the gospel you know we are born of god we are born of god you are born of god i am born of god the seed of god is in us and god's spirit or that means that god's spirit dwells in us so there is nothing outside of god that is left to give you all of god all that characterizes god already dwells inside of you by his spirit and i'm not even coming from the lens of okay um identity because that is also there you know we're supposed to imitate god that's for another episode anyways we're supposed to imitate god as dear children but then i am just this episode is just to show you that you see no matter what happens in this world god's fatherhood cannot be it can't be can never be fought it can never be it can never end concerning you okay god will never not be your father god will never not be taking care of you god will never not be proactive about you and he has proven it to you by the death of jesus on the cross and in that love um you see god god has approved his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us while we were still enemies while we were still away from god while we were still bad while we were still you know condemned while we were still sinful even while we were still rebellious against him god already made salvation available and he even sent you know he sent his people so that you can receive that salvation that is the manner of love by which god has loved you that is the manner of love by which god has loved you and that is how god wants us to see him that is how the father wants you he wants you to see him as as the father that takes care of his own that takes care of his own jesus would say he is the good shepherd he lays down his life for the sheep he knows his own and he is known by his own and nothing <laughs> when i was reading that verse i i was really mind blown because 
people that say there is no eternal salvation i just i was just thinking about it i said that they don't see this these kinds of verses in the bible he literally said that nothing can take us out of his hand that's in john chapter 10 that's simply nothing absolutely nothing like there is nothing he said that it is based on his own faithfulness that we are kept not based on our good works not based on no jesus did not say that okay if my my sheep they do certain things then nothing will be able to snatch them out of my hand you know nothing will be able to pluck us out of his grasp he didn't say oh if we did or did not do no he said that his sheep those that have been called out by him those that have followed him from death to life that nothing can pluck us out of his hand if evil said in the next verse that the father is greater than all that means that in the fact that god is greater than all what does that mean it means that nothing can also pluck us out of the father's hand god in his in his bid to get us to be assured of himself to be assured of what we have received to be assured of his love went through such grave efforts to show you that nothing absolutely nothing can take you out of his hand and but many people are still wondering oh is god does god love me oh does god accept me he has already accepted you in christ everything god was going to give you he has given to you in christ not because of yourself not because you are going to be righteous tomorrow not because you're going to live you're going to live holy or because you're going to do certain things or not no never 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 ever god has given all he has to give about himself all he has given himself in christ jesus and he has given it to the man that believes the gospel all he requires from you is to believe and you are made righteous you are putting right standing with him there is no enmity whatsoever between you and him that is the right kind of father that we have that is the god of the bible the god of the bible is not an angry god that is always out to punish you punish you that is the devil that's not god that is the devil and that is the god that people have created by themselves the god of the bible forgives sins the god of the bible gives himself to man the god of the bible lets people kill him the god of the bible lets men the many came to save kill him and will still say, these same men, if you believe in me, you have eternal life. That is the God of the Bible. And so, in salvation especially, in salvation, we discern God clearly. We see God clearly. We understand that, um, this God is not out to punish me. No, instead he's out to give me life. And if I believe that I've received this life, he is out to reconcile me. You see, the reconciliation between man and God, you know, when it comes to man and God and reconciliation, it was not that God needed to be reconciled to us in the sense of, you know, the death of Christ was what, you know, maybe washed God's eyes, you know, cleansed our sins in the sense of he doesn't see it again. No, that was not what happened. That was not what happened. The reconciliation was between us and God. Right from the beginning of time, right from Adam, our own sin was what separated us from God. Not what separated God from us. You see, these two things are different in the sense that 
let's say for example now i have this um i have this book right i have this book or no let me let me use a human example i have a friend i have a friend and i did something to her and she's hurt she's hurt if anybody's going to be needing reconciliation it is she that's going to be reconciled to me because she's the one angry and so she is the one that is going to say okay you know what i'm going to forgive you like that like that in the case of salvation it was us to god in the sense of god was always the one begging pleading okay oh, come to me come to me we, we were the ones refusing in unbelief and in christ jesus by believing the gospel we come back to our father we come back to see that god is a father and he has never counted sins against us we come back to see that oh god is one that imputes righteousness by faith we come to see that oh god is the one in whom there is forgiveness with him he's the one that justifies young god we come to see him as he is yeah in christ jesus we now have an understanding we have an understanding of god we now see god clearly that oh this god yes i may have seen him as this before but i now see him clearly in salvation in what he has done for me i see him that he's a good god i see him that he's a good father i see him that he's someone he, he doesn't play favorites no he has always had me in mind. I am the I have been in the thoughts of God from the from the from the beginning of time. I am accepted already. He has accepted me in Christ Jesus. I am fully pleasing to Him. I am holy. I'm blameless in His sight. That is what it means to be reconciled to God. And we see that it is God beseeching. It is God begging. It is God going and saying, "Come, come to me. Come to me. I want you." I want you. I never, ever, ever, ever. I never was angry with you. There was never a time I looked at you based on your flaws. No. I just want you to believe in what I've provided for you. I want you to believe in the fact that in Jesus you have forgiveness. In Jesus you have righteousness. In Jesus you have salvation. I've provided eternal life. I want you to receive it. That is the message of God. The message of God has never been condemnation, guilt, or fear. That has never been of God. That has only been of the devil. And in Christ, we now see the works of the devil clearly. You know, when Jesus says he has come to reveal the works of the devil, that is what he was talking about. Let us see him clearly. Let us see what is the devil, what is God. We now see God clearly because he has revealed himself to us in Christ. Back to my main point. I mean, I was already going on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, it really it makes me full of joy. It just gives this assurance which i'm going to talk about later just understanding that god is your father god is a father and he is now your father he has always been a father but by believing in the gospel he is your father the relationship between you and the lord is father to son now when we look at romans chapter 8 verse 14 to 17 we see that because we have been led by the spirit of god from death to life that we are sons of god and in further explaining that, Paul would say, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but of adoption, but of adoption with which we cry, Abba, Father. That place means daddy, dada, dada, you know, <laughs> when a child is, um, you know how small children relate to their dads, when the child just starts to call daddy and everything, and they are so helpless, so hopeless and they just rely on their daddy for everything that is the 
that is the mind papa you know papa god is our papa god is our father god is daddy to us he's dada <laughs> anyone you want to call him he wants to be known that way and this is by which we cry out we cry out <laughs> we cry out why because it comes out of an abundance of knowledge of understanding that this daddy is my actual dad he's my actual daddy right he's my actual father he's a good father and he has made me his child in christ jesus we have been made children of god he is our father and he's our shepherd He's our shepherd. He has led us from death into life. And daily, daily, oh glory to God. Daily he leads you. Daily he puts his, it he puts he helps you to stay on the path that he has placed for you. Daily he keeps you. Daily he cares for you. You don't have a father that forgets you, that can forget you. No. How can he forget you when he died for you? This is a person that died for you. Imagine, just imagine now, for example that you have this um you have this prize possession let's say gold right maybe you found gold somewhere and you had to go through extra miles just to get the gold because you understand that this gold was worth way more and so you did all you could to get the gold now imagine that you now carry that gold and go and put it in a drawer it doesn't make any sense because you've done so much to get the gold you are supposed to take care of the gold or you just go and throw it somewhere. And anybody that wants to... No. Because you know you've suffered blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> in it. <laughs> you've gone through a loss for the gold. So obviously, you're not going to just leave the gold somewhere and just say, Oh, let me just leave this gold and just, you know. And just let it lie in anywhere and all of that. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to... <laughs> you're going to wrap it in, you know... You're going to wrap it in nice nice clothes you're gonna put it inside somewhere that is not the gold is not going to misplace and nobody's going to come and steal it from you and all of that but even in the grand scheme of things you are way more than gold to the father you are way more than gold to god and so imagine that god has done so much the singular plan of god from the beginning of time was to get you to belong to him and after that he would not forget about you how does that make sense <laughs> How does that make sense? And that's what God would say in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 to 6. That we should be containing what we have. Because he will never. You know. Um, that verse contains the most. The most. The most cluster of negative words in the Bible. So he will never not leave you. Like he will not never. He will never ever. He will never. Because he has said he will never leave you. He can he doesn't have the ability to leave you or forsake you or forget about you. No. God cannot do that. And he will not do that. And so we say, that's in verse 6, that the Lord is our helper. Glory to God. The Lord is our helper. That shows you that every single place where helper, helper and man is put together it is referring to the lord when david would say the lord is my help you know he would be referring to the lord i will lift up my eyes to the ears from whence cometh my help my help is from the lord the lord is the helper of man the lord the god of heaven is man's helper god has set himself forth as the one to help you 
simply because you were never meant to do life outside of him. And so the Lord is your helper. You are not alone. You can never, ever, 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 ever be alone because God has promised. He has said it. He has done it. He has given you his spirit. He has put your, your spirit in you permanently. And he has said it. He will never leave you. There will never be a point in your life where you will be alone or where you... God cannot leave you. God cannot leave you. He cannot abandon you. You are his shepherd. You are his sheep. You are the one that he has brought forth. You are the one that he made. You know, we are new creatures. He's the one that made us. We are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. We are his creations. We are the actual creation of God. Yeah? Yes, we are the actual... When when we see... Oh, let us make man in our image. I don't want to explain that because that would actually lead to another conversation. But just let, I want you to know that whatever creation God is talking about is actually the man in Christ, not just normal um being created as you know as a human being right we see that god formed man from the dust of the ground in genesis 2 and god puts in him the ability to procreate so basically we are all procreated down from that creation but the actual creation the actual image of the father is christ and all men in him and all men in him. So we are the ones that are actually created in the image of the father. We are the ones that are actually the creations of God. Okay, do you, do you see how big of a deal that is? How big of a deal that is? God, and God has, God has created you. He has bought you for, he didn't just create, he created you in the sense that he gave birth to you. He begot you by his spirit. You are born of the spirit, not just okay. You are just put together one, one, two, one, two. No, you, dear believer, you are born of the spirit. You are born of God. You know the seed of God is in you. The love of God dwells in you, and and so that just shows you that you're not ordinary. <laughs> ordinary, <laughs> that and the believer can never be put together ever. It cannot. It's not possible for that to be put together with the believer. The believer cannot define. It is impossible for you as a child of god to define yourself as ordinary because you are supernatural you are born of god god has begotten you so ordinary and you cannot dwell together now i've said all of these things and the byproduct of understanding that god is your father and that he has done all these things for you and he's all these things to you is supposed to fuel your confessions it's supposed to fuel your relation to him you know how people say, oh, we are sinners in the hands of an angry God, or we are all, everybody, nobody is righteous, or, you know, maybe, um, are we not all, are we not all sinners, are we not all this, are we not all that, are we not all just trying our best? It should never, ever, ever, ever be caught on the lips of a believer, like, it is so wrong and so inconsistent for a believer to be talking like that the bible says we are god's holy people we are the ones that he has called out we are we are essentially and how do i describe that now we are essentially his people we are god's own people we are the ones that he has created we are the ones that he has rescued we are the ones that he has redeemed 
He has given us an internal inheritance, given us eternal salvation. That is the biggest deal there is. And so, you see yourself in that light. You have a father that will never leave you. And so, you carry your head. Let your head be up. No matter what you face in this life, you will, always, you will never ever be alone. No matter what you face in this life, you will never be without help. You will never be, be without a God that, is, that cares for you. Yeah? Those are the things you're supposed to be conscious of. Even when, you know, thoughts come to your head. Maybe you do something, for example... And, you know, thoughts come to your head like, okay, maybe God is condemning you or God does not love you anymore. <laughs> how is that possible? He even loved you before you became his child. Like, how does he want to love you? <laughs> now that you are, you are his child, like, at the end of the day, the, the knowledge of the fatherhood of God, especially revealed in salvation, is supposed to, number one, direct how we see ourselves. We don't longer see ourselves as just, you know, ordinary people or people that, don't have um there's a sense of what a sense of worth we put to ourselves as children of god when we see the way god cherishes us when we see the worth that god has placed on you when you see the the when you see the amount of things or like not amount of things really because he did all of that in resurrection but when you just see the plan of god and how it is fulfilled in you you're not supposed to just treat yourself anyhow no <laughs> Not at all. You're not supposed to just treat yourself anyhow or talk bad about yourself or just wallow in self-pity, guilt. No, 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 no. None of those things are from God. And if they're not from God, why are you taking them to belong to you? Why are you taking them up as something that you're supposed to be expressing? No, you're a son of God. You are a son of God. You are a, the offspring of the Almighty. Yeah? You are a son you are a son. You are not a slave. You are not a slave. Yeah? You are not a slave. You are not a slave. First John chapter 4, verse 17 to 18, we see that God's love is perfect. God's love is perfect. God's love is perfect and his love casts away fear. It was obviously not our love because if we see it in context, it was talking about the love of God, the love of God for us. Yeah? So when he now says, um, because in, in this love we have boldness in the day of judgment, this love is perfected in us so that we have boldness in the day of judgment. That's verse 17. When we see that, we don't now begin to think that it's our own love for God. Though. No, 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 no. It is based on his own love for us that we are bold. Glory to God. We are bold in the love of the Father for us. The love of the Father emboldens us because we know nothing can separate us from his love. And so nobody can lay a charge against us. Nobody can condemn us. No. Nothing, nothing at all can condemn us. Nobody can lay a charge against us. Because it is God that justifies and he has justified us. And that judgment is not judgment day like some day that's coming. It is judgment daily. Every single day, you are being judged by the standards of the world. But every day, you have boldness. You are, you will now be the one that is wallowing in self-pity and in guilt, which is not from your father to you. That doesn't mean that when you do things that are wrong or something that you just ignore and be like, ah, Sheree. But then, the reason why you are going to even be taking, make it like a serious matter is because you know that it's not consistent with who you are. It's not consistent with the God that is your father. It's not consistent with who has begotten you for. And so you'll be like, ah, precious. You're not supposed to have done this thing. Hey, um, peace. 
this is not consistent with who you are that is how you are supposed to handle that not that you begin to see ah god is angry with me you know god has for me god is god is disappointed in me no do not speak of such things because they are not who you are they're not consistent with any god is not <laughs> god is never thinking towards you based on your actions he's thinking towards you based on his own love it is his own love in whatever he does towards you it is based on his own love for you his own his own fatherhood to you not based on your actions or based on your flaws or based on no all those things are in your own head but they are not consistent with what god says about you they are not never never ever god will never get to a point where he sees a believer and he's like oh you you did this thing today you did this thing tomorrow you know some people believe that in the book of life you know all our sins are listed that there's no many judgment day and so god is gonna just gonna put a screen and they're gonna um we're gonna see all our actions and god's gonna say you you're good always you're bad you've entered a heaven or even it might not even be like that too. even among christocentric circles that's people that believe the gospel some people still think that god will actually put all their actions on display and you know if god will ever put your actions on display <laughs> it would never be too easy to judge you he has judged already god has already judged man and his judgment is the son the son with jesus christ is the judgment of god such that anyone that believes in him is safe anyone who doesn't believe is condemned already we don't find out in heaven whether we are going to go to heaven or not. No. 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 Never. Never. No. It is on earth. We have assurance. We have assurance. We are bold. We know our Father's love. And so we are bold. We are bold. We are not timid. We are not fearful. Because in His love, there is no fear whatsoever. And his love is perfected in us because we see that there is no fear in this love. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. We judge ourselves based on the love of God, not based on our actions. We judge even other people based on God's love for them and not based on their actions as well. And that is the reason why the way you, you, you reckon God to be is going to affect the way you behave to others the reason why it seems like um well let me not put it that way <laughs> but then honestly speaking the way people perceive god is the way they are going to act to their fellow man and that is the reason why god will go through pains to help us see him clearly so that we are able to act based on that reality knowing that we are children of god and we are supposed to be imitators of our father when and that's the reason why spiritual growth is actually understanding god in Christ, that is what spiritual growth is. Because as you grow, you're more. In fact, you're not going to beg yourself to be good. You're not going to beg yourself to do, um, you know, to obey scripture. No, it's just going to flow out of you because you understand that that is who you are. You understand who your father is. If you think that God is a God that doesn't forgive sins, or God is a God that will forget you if you don't pray, or if you don't fast, or something, something. Trust me, that's gonna that's how you're gonna behave to people. That's how you're gonna behave to your children when you have children. That's how you're gonna behave to your spouse. That is how you're just going to be behaving, right? And so that is the reason why God will go through so like the pains of revealing Himself in His Son, so that you can see Him clearly. That almost every single thing that I have seen about God before that is not consistent with this person, I have to throw them aside and embrace who I see God to be 
in Christ Jesus. That is how it's supposed to be. And so, I was trying to explain something, even though I derailed a little bit. <laughs> but I was trying to explain that what you know about God is supposed to inform what, what you say about yourself and what you, in fact, your confession generally. There's something you never be found confessing. A believer is never supposed to be found confessing some things. Like, they are just not true. Not true at all. They're saying things they're not supposed to be found confessing because you understand that you have a father. No, you can never be stranded. No, no, confusion is not yours. No, 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 not at all. Because you're always led. You are always led. You are always led. The same God that led you out of darkness to light is always going to be leading you every single day of your life. You are the led of the Lord. And that is what you speak. That is what you confess. That is what you believe. That is what influences your decisions. You don't go about, oh, ah. At the end of the day, what we believe about God is going to affect how we live our lives. If you really don't believe that God can lead you, you're going to seek leading in the wrong places and you probably end up making certain mistakes. But the very funny thing is, God is such a good father that even through our mistakes, he's able to <laughs> work out his plan for us. Even through our mistakes, well, it's better not to make those mistakes though. <laughs> it's better not to make those mistakes. But God is such a good God that even through our mistakes, even through our shortcomings, he's still able to work out his plan. However, it's much better, it's just much better to be in line, to be in step with God. To not have to go and start again. No. It's much better to understand God and to be in step with him from now. And so, dear child of God, dear believer, dear son of God, let what you know about God be what fuels your confessions. Let it inform your conclusions. Learn to rest in the Lord. Yeah? Learn to rest in who God is. <laughs> rest in who God is. Jesus came to give us rest, and in him we have received rest from all our labors. Yeah? And that doesn't mean that we will not labor, but our labor is, number one, stems from a place of rest, and number two, is not us trying to work to end something from God. No. Out of the lavishness of all that he has freely given, out of the abundance of his love and his goodness, we labor. That's how it works. We labor because he has given, not because we want him to give. No, we labor because he has already given to us. And so as you go, as you conduct yourself and your life, let this be your ardent focus. Let this be your confession. Let this be your, let this be your confidence, right? In whatever you do, let this be your let this be what fills your heart, fills your mind. Let this be what fuels you. You can never, ever be alone. Never, ever, ever, ever. You have a father that is good and in whom there is no evil in. That will never tempt you and say, I want you I want you to go through this so that I can see if you are this or that. No. No, 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 not at all. God does not tempt us with evil. He doesn't test us with evil. No. What he does is that he helps us through trials of life. He helps us through testings of life. That is where God is found. God is found in the helping. God is found in the giving. God is found in the providing. God is found in the rest. God is found in the goodness. That is where God is. That is where God is. And so, 
learning to discern God's actions clearly will help you to navigate your life and your decisions. So you know that you will not be running away from God when you have serious issues. No, you run to Him because He is your helper. You run to Him because He is the one that helps you. God is your helper. God is a God that gives and doesn't find fault when He gives. A God that is always ready, willing, always, ever, ever, ever ready to give you. Give you. And what has He given you? He has given you His Son. And in His Son, every single thing is catered for. Every single thing, every single need is met in the Son. Every single need, every need is met. Glory to God. Every single, single, single need is met in the Son. And so there is nothing, absolutely nothing that you require that is not able to provide for you. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Glory to God. Glory to God. We rejoice in this. We boast in this. Oh, glory to God. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. We rejoice in this daily. We rejoice in this. We rejoice in the Father. In the Father of fathers. The one has given himself for us. Ah, glory to God. The one that has healed us. The one that has forgiven our sins. The one that has made us righteous in him. The one that has given us eternal life. Given us super abundant life. Oh, glory to God. Yes, we rejoice in this. We boast in this. Glory. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, glory, 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 glory. We have a good father. A good father that will never forget his children. A good father that will never forsake his children. A good father that is always ready to meet the needs of his children. No matter what it is. A good father that has made his power available. That has made his spirit available to us. That has made his goodness available to us. Oh, that's been... Oh, glory to God. Oh, yes. He is the head of all things for the church. We are his body. Yes, the fullness. Glory to God. The fullness of the one that fills all things in every way. That is who we are. That is who we are. That is what he has made us in Christ. Ah, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. What a joy. What a joy. What an awesome privilege. What an awesome privilege. John will say, what a privilege it is to be called your child. And that is who we are. Oh, yes, that is who we are. We are never forsaken. Oh, we are never forsaken. We have a father. We have a father. We are not without God in this world. There is no separation between us and God. No, because we are one with him. We are one spirit with him. Oh, yes, he has dwelt in us by his spirit. He has made us his temples. We are the temple of the living God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. And God dwells in us. He walks in us. He walks through us. His power is in us. His power. Oh, he has made his power available to us. His power resides in us. Glory to God. And so there is nothing in us that is lacking. Nothing that is missing. Nothing is not that is missing. Nothing is lacking. No, glory to God. Oh, yes, we are filled. Oh, glory to God. We are filled. We are filled. Oh, yes, we are complete. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, glory. Ha, ha, ha. We are complete in him. Oh, yes, glory to God. We are complete. We are complete in him. Yes, he has satisfied our thirst. He has satisfied our hunger. He has given us life in himself. He has given himself to us. How we have partaken. Oh, glory to God. He has brought us into the fellowship of his son. Yes, we have partaken. 
Yes. Praise the kingdom of the Son. We have received redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Yes. Oh, glory to God. This is our confession. This is our boast day in and day out. We will never be alone. We will never be alone. We have a Father that sees. We have a Father that works in us. We have a Father that works through us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ooh, I am edified. Like, I am so stirred up right now. And, you know, if you, you're getting, because I am also getting the right to pray. And so if you are, when you're done listening to this, you could just go pray, bask in this, speak these words over yourself, okay? You are a believer. You are a believer. And a believer speaks, all right? <laughs> So yeah, you speak, you speak what you believe, you speak what you know and believe about God, all right? So yes, uh, with that, we have come to the end of this episode. Yeah, if you were blessed, I am, even I, I was blessed, or oh, I am blessed, right, by this episode. And so, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the end. This was so good. This was so good. And Whenever you find yourself doubting the love of God for you, whenever you find yourself doubting the love of the Father for you, you can just come back and listen to this, right? I am so happy. I'm so happy, super excited right now. Well, yeah, we have to end this, okay? So if this blessed you, please share with a friend, leave a rating as well, and leave a comment. And please check us out on our social media platforms. We are, this podcast is a part of an initiative called Building Young Believers, which, in which we are basically trying to put together things to help people grow in the of Christ. So please check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We have content on there, and so you can be part of the work we're doing. You can also join in, jump on this train, and we'd love to have you. So yes, thank you so much for listening, and See you in the next episode. Bye.